0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. You have your Bibles, turned to Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read several verses to you. As you can probably notice by the scene behind me, uh, the theme for Father's Day this year, is kind of a camping theme. How many of you noticed that? Yeah, maybe that caught your attention. Uh, how many outdoorsy people do we have among us? How many of you love to camp? Oh, yeah, you're kind of outdoor. Louisiana is that sportsman's paradise. You know, it's the, the great outdoors in spite of a heat index of 120 in the summer. Yeah, in spite of crazy humidity and mosquitoes everywhere, this is where people want to be in the great outdoors. And all of God's people said, uh, yeah, so you, you love to camp. And, and I thought this would be a great tie-in to Father's Day. And we got this whole thing set up here. How many like this fire we got going on back here? I just fell. I mean, I saw that this morning. I just wanted to... Warm my hands by the fire, just kind of chill. You know, camping is a trending, it's a growing phenomenon. It's, it's interesting to me because technically I don't feel like I'm much of a camper, okay? I'm not really a, a happy camper. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you appreciate the, the great outdoors, um, you, but you prefer maybe to be inside a few times out of the year? Yeah, you know, hey, how about, you know, for those who are like, you know, campers, outdoorsman kind, you know, sure, let's let's burn a couple vacation days so we can sleep outside on the ground. Yeah, I love using the bathroom outdoors in the woods. Waking up and, man, just be totally freezing cold and have a rash all over my body. Sign me up for that. I know I'm speaking in extremes, but I kind of prefer the luxuries and the amenities. How many of you appreciate air conditioning? Whoever invented A.C., God bless him. Oh, all of Louisiana salute you, Mr. Air Conditioning. And some of you can hear the the outdoorsy sounds. How many of you hear that? Kind of a little chirping, a little, you know, just kind of unplug from technology. Yeah, I'll just be honest with you. I, I love the great indoors. I love my cell phone. Come on, talk to me. How many appreciate the internet? Yeah, anybody appreciate indoor plumbing? Yeah, so so there's kind of this, you know, this tension between the great outdoors and all the luxuries and the amenities of the indoors. There's this new phrase, and it's called glamping. Have you heard that word glamping? Nod your head if you know what I'm talking about. Glamping. Yeah, I'm not much of a camper. I'm more of a glamper glamping is that that uh, the glamour uh, of this five-star experience where it meets the adventure of the great outdoors, okay? When I think of traditional camping, I want you to check this out on the screen. Here's the picture that I get of traditional camping. <laughs> yeah. How many thinks that's a bad idea even on a great day? When I think of camping, though, those are kind of the thoughts that come to my mind but my, my experience says glamping is much more suited for somebody like myself. Here's the picture that I would prefer. Instead of being eaten by a bear, I think chilling into something really nice. Can I have a good amen? Well, if you look at it with me in the scriptures here, I want to show you. I think there's some camping essentials that I think are going to help us talk about Father's Day. Because honestly, to be a dad is a great adventure. Can I have a good amen? There's some unknowns. There's some uncertainties. You know, you step into some wild circumstances. But it's always good to be... Prepared. And so, so I've got some props up here that are going to kind of help us encourage all of us as dads, but even more so, you know, not just dads, but everybody today. I think moms can benefit from this. I think students can benefit from this. I think these props were going to teach us about how to embrace what God has for us. And the first one I want you to see is this tent, okay? You can't go camping without a tent. How many know you need some shelter? I know we love the great outdoors, but we got to have a little something that covers us. And of all the, the props and what we're going to talk through today, this perhaps is my favorite. You know, and I was going to, I was going to try to get in this one, okay. but I was afraid. Rachel warned me. She said, baby, if you try to crawl in that, you may split your pants. <laughs> but but the, the, the tent, okay, I want to show you the power of the tent. Everybody say tent. Dads, the tent represents trust. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, okay? I think these props are going to be a beautiful picture to kind of prepare us for this great adventure of fatherhood. The tent, now let me give you some Jewish history. Did you know that camping is biblical? Okay, think about it. In the Old Testament, God God gave festivals to the Jewish people. Let me give you a quick history, and I think we're going to connect these ideas, these thoughts together. It's going to make sense to you. But God gave certain festivals to the Jewish people. And those festivals always involved three things, past, present, and future. Past, present, and future. They were to observe the festival in the present. But as they were observing the festival currently, they were to reflect on what God had done for them in the past. Okay, now as they're reflecting on what God did for them in the past, they're projecting its prophetic future. Okay, every Jewish festival included past, present, and future. Did you know that one of the festivals God gave his people to celebrate was the Feast of Tabernacles? Okay? How many have heard that before? That may be a new term for some. You don't have to be a biblical scholar, but I'm gonna break this down and simplify it. The Feast of Tabernacles, or was also called the Feast of Shelters. What the Jewish people would do in the time of Christ, they would build these little makeshift huts okay? They would build them in their yards or on their balconies. It was something flimsy. It was something fragile. But they would tabernacle, which are they would cover, they would build this little shelter. And inside the shelter, they would eat their food. They would sleep at night. And they did this for eight days, okay? The Feast of of Tabernacles was to be observed for eight days. And as they lived in tents outside, they remembered what God had done for them thousands of years ago In the wilderness. Remember, God, through Moses, led his people out of slavery. How many are glad God set you free? Man, you may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Come on, can I have a better amen today? And so, as they're in these tents, they were reminded of how God led them out of slavery, but then there was a 40 year period called the wilderness journey. And during that 40 years, the Israelites lived in tents. I mean, they were mobile. They were transit. Um, It was temporary. And every day when they woke up, when they got out from their tent, they had to trust God totally. They had to depend on God for everything. And I mean everything. Everything. I mean, when you're out there in the wilderness for 40 years, what are you gonna do for food? Fellas, how many think when you go on a camp out, it's important to bring food? Yes, you gotta th- what's the grocery list? We gotta get ready because I don't plan on fasting in the wilderness. You see, God loved his people so much that he supernaturally provided manna. And you know what? They had to trust him. Every day to provide. You say, Mike, well, when we're when we're camping, not only are we hungry, but we're thirsty too. What are we gonna do for drink? Well, you know what? God brought forth water from a rock. Yeah. How many you know our God is good? Yeah. Now, fellas, this is where, okay, I want to drill down on this for a second because this tent is a symbol of trust. We have to trust God to provide. Now, I know as husbands and as fathers, we see ourselves in the role of provider. And I want to tell you this, money is the language of a man's world, okay? We, we think about money. I mean, we, we, we've got jobs. We, we work hard. We, we think about how we make money, how we spend money, how we save money. Are we going to have enough money? Come on, talk to me. Fellas, am I, am I talking to anybody here today? And is it okay to talk about money in church? Man, we talk about it everywhere else. If there's one area that we men, we husbands, we father worry about, it's the area of money. And yet God, in the wilderness, supernaturally provided bread. He provided manna. The Bible refers to it as the food of angels. Now, he's teaching his people, don't trust in money, but trust in God. I talked to a guy the other day. He said, Mike, I'm so broke. I am broke like no joke. He said, I don't even get excited if I see money on the ground because I know I probably owe somebody. And I think that there's there's an area that the devil would love to create fear, worry, anxiety. It's as as it relates to resources. But the tent tells us, you know what, we got to trust God, that we serve a good God. And when you believe that God is faithful, listen, if you trust God as your source, then you can trust him with your resource. Can I have a better amen today? Fellas, I want to encourage some of you, break that fear, that bondage of worry and stress. I know you work hard, but we've got to grow in the area of trust and dependency on God to provide. Because the danger is this. And and see if this principle plays out in your life. You hold tightly to the things that you trust. If you're trusting something, you hold tightly to it. Now, if we're trusting in our money, we're going to hold tightly to that. But if we're trusting in God, we hold tightly to him, and man, we can release what's in our hands. What I've discovered about the goodness of God is this, if you release what's in your hand, God will release what's in his hands. And as men, as husbands, as fathers, I want to encourage you, trust God when it comes to your resources. Don't wake up in fear thinking, man, I'm gonna run out. The God that you serve owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And guess what, he even farmed the hills that those cattle graze upon. Are you with me today? Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. He says, but my God. God. Come on, somebody say my God. God. You see, is he your God? Do you see the personal possessive pronoun, the word my? He says, but my God will supply all of your needs. Listen, God doesn't supply greed. He supplies need. And, and when we live in the tent, man, when we understand this thing is temporary and I've got to trust the Lord, we can hold to the promise of Philippians 419, but my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. i gonna tell you this, heaven is not running out of money. No. We don't serve a God of lack. Can I have a better Amen. But we serve a God of abundance. And he's saying this if you will trust me, I will take care of everything that concerns you. And all the dads said, Amen. You see, I just believe that the kingdom of God has a better return on investment than your 401k, than your money market account, come on, than your annuity. Are you with me? Let's get into God's economy for a second. That's what, you know, when we talk about the tithe, the tithe is all about trusting. And this is not a message about money, but this is a message about dependence on the Lord. This tent, all of it. How many of you could grow in this area of trust in your life? I think I could just preach the tent all day. I think You know, not only does the tent say trust, Lord, I trust you to provide, but also the tent says, Lord, I trust you to direct. Now, notice this. When they were in the wilderness for 40 years, the Bible says they followed the cloud, that God put a cloud in the sky, and he told Moses, when you see the cloud move, then you pack up your tent, come on, somebody, and you follow the cloud. You see, the cloud represents the presence of the Lord. This tent says, God, I trust you not just to provide for my needs, but I trust you to direct my steps. Are you with me? You see, the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Some of you are praying about your future. The tent says, hey, this is just temporary stuff. Man, I'm going to go wherever God leads. Fellas, I want to encourage you to be flexible. Man, listen to the voice of God. God may be opening a door for you. I want you to be so trusting and dependent on him that you will go wherever he leads. Because God will lead his people into green pastures. Some of you are in an area or season of your life and you feel stuck and God's saying, hey, the cloud has moved. The cl- you got to get going. Pack up those things. Don't get all comfortable and settle down here. The tent says trust. Come on, somebody say, Lord, I trust you. Say, Lord, I need you. Say, God, I depend on you. Man, he's going to supply what we need, but he's going to give us the direction to show us where to go. Can I have a good amen? Amen. The tent, that's such a powerful picture. Man, I've I've just preached myself so happy, I may go to a KOA campground today. (laughs) Not really, not really. (laughs) Everybody say "Trust." trust. Listen, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust him. Don't lean in your own understanding. Trust God. Fellas, God's going to supply your need. You work hard. You depend on him. God will provide. And he's going to speak to you about where to go. The tent represents trust. This, this little can right here, I don't know if you if you can see this very well or not. This is bear spray. How many thinks this is kind of important? Yeah, you, you might... When you come under attack, it says bear attack deterrent. Now, we've got the little safety cap on here. I'm going to leave that safety cap on. I was reading the instructions about this. This product is designed for one-handed operation. Place forefinger through the hole in the handle with the thumb on the safety clip curl. Pull safety clip straight back and off using the thumb. Depress actuator tab for bursts of spray. See figure two. Yeah, you might wanna become familiar with the instruction before the bear shows up. Come on, somebody say preparation. Oh man, if I gotta call a timeout and say, hold that bear, just, just, just give me just a minute. Aim at the face and the eyes of the bear. Press trigger for three seconds in order to create a barrier of spray between you and the bear. Stop to evaluate the impact of the wind <laughs> and other factors so you can adjust aim if needed before spraying again. How many think, thinking, man, these instructions, man, ain't going to happen. There is no stopping to evaluate. If a bear comes sneak up on you, how many of you just grabbing that spray? Hello. (sighs) Yeah, you're in a sleeping bag. You know what that is for a bear? You're a soft taco. Come on, somebody. (laughs) You're like, but pastor, I'm good, I'll hop. Yeah, you'll hop a few yards, (laughs) but you're dead meat eventually. You see, if the tent is about trust, This bear spray represents being a defender. Fellas, we have to defend and protect our homes. Can I have a better amen? Is it just me or do you see where culture is trending? And the attack on marriage, the attack on our children, even the assault on our faith is just becoming more intense. You can see the stakes are higher. It's like the older I get, the more I see this tension. There's a bullseye that's drawn on every man, every woman of God, every family that honors the Lord. Fellas, don't let the devil come sniffing around your family. Don't let him come crawling up into your marriage. And don't let him make a mess of your kids. You know what you have? You have the spray of the Holy Ghost. Hey, we have something valuable to protect. Are you with me? You see, the Bible speaks of the enemy that comes against us. But, you know, we have to be armed with the Holy Spirit. Oh, no, not today. Shh. Kids walking in with an attitude. Uh-uh-uh. That spirit ain't coming up into my home. Shh devil try to tempt you and put things before you man there's bait that's all around you no 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 there's a barrier come on talk to me dads we have to get good at learning how to fight man i I want to call out the warrior inside of every man today do not be passive when it comes to your faith man uh, don't be neutral when it comes to the conflict that we find ourselves in You see, simply by saying yes to Jesus, a bullseye is put on our back, and the devil will send bears up in our home to try to make a mess of things. The Bible says, I love this scripture in Psalm 138. The Bible says, though I'm surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. Can I have a good amen? Amen. You see, the God that we serve is a mighty warrior, and he fights for us, and he equips us. You know, this is actually a, like a red pepper spray. It's a, a red pepper derivative. And the instructions say you got to be eight meters, you know, and you shoot it in the face and the eyes and the, 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 the mouth of the bear, and you know, to neutralize the bear and give you a chance to escape. I remember years ago, probably 15 years ago, uh, when we were up in that front building, And uh, in the middle of service, Pastor Dina was preaching, and in the middle of his message, man, about two or three rows right up front just started coughing. Eyes started watering. I mean, people started falling out. And what had happened was a little kid was playing in his mama's purse, grabbed a hold of her keys, and on her key ring she had some mace. And that boy had sprayed mace up in the middle of church Three rows passed out, and man, you thought the Holy Ghost fell. <laughs> man, it was revival, man. Spirit of God broke out over a can of maize. Come on, somebody. Bear spray. We got to defend. You see, the tent represents trust, the bear spray represents defense. But then there's this mosquito net. There's this mosquito net. This net serves as a filter. Everybody say, filter. Now, what's interesting about a net is a net lets good things in, but it keeps bad things out. A net serves as a filter to allow life-giving things that sustain us in, and it keeps the little things, the bugs, the mosquitoes out. You know, i am tell you, there's, there's a little thing that makes a big difference, fellas. Dads, I want you to hear this. It's your mouth. Can I talk to you about the power of your words just for a moment? I mean, it may seem like small stuff, but the words of a father are a big deal to his children. What we say and how we say it can either bring life and blessing or it can produce death and cursing. How many of you, your mouth's ever gotten you in trouble? How many of you know somebody that has no filter? Why is it that the older we get, the less filter we have? Have you ever said something and as soon as you said it, as soon as it was out of your mouth, you wish you could grab a hold of that and slam that thing back in? How many of you, your mama, ever made you suck on a bar of soap? Anybody, your mama put Tabasco on your tongue? Oh, yes. You see, words shape worlds. Words are containers of power. Here's what I don't understand. We live in a culture where we obsess over everything we put into our mouth, fat grams, calories, carbs, but we pay no attention to what comes out of our mouths. That These words are small in size but powerful in impact. Let's go back to the children of Israel. Remember when they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years? Why did they go in circles? Listen, they escaped slavery in Egypt and were brought all the way to the Jordan River where they could literally see into the promised land. They could see the promise in front of them. But you know what kept them from reaching and stepping into the promise? Their confession. The Bible says that Moses sent out spies to scout out the land. Twelve spies, one from every tribe. Ten of them came back and they said, well, wait, wait a second. I mean, I, there's a lot going on over there. Sure, there's fruit, there's milk and honey. But, man, but there's giants in the land. We, we see men that are twice our size. They, they look at us as grasshoppers. Listen to the words. Do you hear their, their words? You see, their words kept them from inheriting the promise. Dads, we've got to be careful that we're speaking words of life, words of encouragement. You know, my dad, I'm going to tell you the power of spoken belief because I believe that every heart, every soul longs for a father to speak a blessing into the heart of their children. And you know, we have created a culture where that is absent, and we have sons and daughters that are desperately seeking the blessing of a father that they've never received. So they turn to drugs. They turn to alcohol, sexual immorality, gangs. They're trying to find some sort of of acceptance of approval. Dads, let me tell you, the power of spoken belief, you have to gather your kids. And I don't care how young or how old. You may have kids that are grown, but it doesn't matter how old they are. They still need to hear you say, I love you. They need to hear you say, I believe in you. You know, my father told me every single day of my life, he told me he loved me. You know why? Because he grew up in a home where he never heard his dad say that to him. Now, now you may not have control over your ancestors, but you can do something about your descendants. Maybe you were here today. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. And we would go to bed at night, and every night he would come in, he would kiss me, love me, and pray for me, and he would speak words of life over me. And I'd say, Dad, do you think I have what it takes to play college ball? Dad, because sports was my world. Dad, do you think I have what it takes to play at the next level? He'd say this, son, I believe in you. The four most powerful words in the English language, and especially when it comes from the mouth of a father to his children. That spoken belief, it made me feel like Michael Jordan. You think, because if dad thinks I can do it, that's all the confidence I need to step forward into it. See, I want to encourage all the dads here. Don't just use words to describe your situation. Use words to change your situation. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, that the power of life and death is held in the tongue. Are you catching this? Yeah. You see the tent? It represents trust. This bear spray represents us protecting and defending our homes. This mosquito net is a filter. It shows us the power of words. Then I want you to see this right here, these matches. These are matches. If you're going to start a campfire, you've got to have the right, the right tools to do it. Let's see if I can do this. Here we go. Here we go check that out. Oh, smoky. Earl, is this okay? I'm not going to set off a sprinkler system, am I? You see, you got to have, oh, my goodness. Go away. Somebody better be ready with a wet towel. Okay, let's put that thing out. Let's put you right here. Dads, don't burn the house down, but learn to motivate your kids. You see, matches are are a picture of what sparks the fire of our sons and daughters. You see, dads, we got to dial in. Are you with me? Let's dial in. The matches are a necessity. You got to find out what is it that sparks your children. What is what is their love language? How are they motivated? And as dads, we find out. Hey, we got to motivate our kids so they can be everything that God has called them to be. You don't want to tell you one of the things, and I maybe mean, this is a great way to close. One of the things that will motivate your children is to have fun with your kids. Can I take a moment just talk about the fun factor? You see, dads, I know we work hard and we're focused on our jobs, and we feel the weight and the pressure and the responsibility of providing. But we can't forget to include fun in the experience. You see, some of you, you suffer from what I call PDD, Play Deficit Disorder. You've forgotten how to play. Now think about it, think about it. The the, the the, the DNA of play is in creation. Part of being in the outdoors is you just see the creative power of God. Yeah. I mean, you see just the awe-inspiring breath. Listen to the birds. You just watch nature, and you see play coming alive. You see fun is what fuels a family. And dads, we got to keep the fun in it. I have to remind myself, wait a second, I will be the happiest person in my home. Yes. Nobody's going to out-happy Dad. Hey, dads, what would your life look like if you made a decision? I'm going to be the fun factor. I'm going to enjoy the day. I'm going to find out what sparks my kids. I'm going to get down in the floor. I mean, know your kids keep you fun. Your grandkids, they're going to put you down in the floor. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing at the time. When they show up, it's all about them. And you find yourself doing things that you never thought you would do. You see, we don't stop playing. Listen to this. We don't stop playing because we get old. We get old because we stop playing. You have laid down play. Some of you are not fun to be with. Sorry, I love you dads. But your kids told me to tell you, you are not fun to be with. Think of, hey, I got to do something different. I'm gonna, hey, kids, let's go outside. Let, how about we change some things up remember several summers ago hot hot outside kids are inside they're bored Say, hey here's what we're gonna do we're gonna have a snowball fight snowball fight you kidding me my skin is melting off my body how are we gonna make snowball here's what we're gonna do everybody get your socks get all your socks out of the drawer wad them up into a ball okay hey this is great dads I dare you to try this this afternoon take all the socks out of your drawers we're gonna wad them up into a ball. We're gonna take blankets and furniture and we're making snow forts. You with me? I turned that AC down as low as it would go. We tried to get the house freezing cold. We got snow forts and snowballs. And I wanna tell you, we wore ourselves out one afternoon. And I wonder, in memories like that, in moments like that, what does that do in the heart of a child? What does that do for the spirit? Of a family, you see, as matches, we are motivators. We gotta spark the life and the love of God in our houses. Do you receive that? I want to close this way, and the band could come up as we prepare to to wrap up our time together. Th- this would be incomplete if we didn't talk about the compass. And here's here's how I want to pray. Because you know this, the compass is all about. Fellas, we lead. We, we lead. We, we know where we're going because God has ordered our steps. But maybe you're here today and you feel like something's missing. You look, you look at all these tools and you say, man, hey, the, the adventure of fatherhood is extreme. I'm not sure I'm fully equipped. i want to tell you this. God will give you what you need to lead and to lead well. Some of you have children that have gotten off course. This compass represents direction. Let me tell you this. You know what true north is? True north is Christ. If you've gotten off the path, if you feel lost in your spirit, if you feel like something's missing from my life, the compass will get you back to the feet of Jesus.